This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we bring Rick's series called How God Turns Setbacks into Comebacks to a Close. We're so glad that you've joined us today, and if you know someone who needs some encouragement right now, be sure to invite them with a text or a phone call to listen along with you. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you how you can get a beautifully illustrated devotional for children by Pastor Rick that will help them discover how much God loves them and that He has a special plan and purpose for their life. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com while you listen to today's message. If you want, you can just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 for more information. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with the final part of a message called, When No One Understands Your Goal. Now there's a third choice that Noah made. And you're going to have to make this choice too if you're going to have the comeback from your setbacks. This third choice is the only way you're going to make it to the finish line, that you're going to fulfill the vision, the dream, the purpose that God created you for. Here it is. Just like Noah, I must do exactly, I must do exactly what God tells me to do. Now, Noah doesn't just hear God's word. He obeys it. He obeys it. He does exactly whatever God tells him to do. He obeys God's word. And this is the third key to fulfilling your mission in life. Hebrews 11, verse 7, second part of the verse says this, Noah obeyed God, and he built a large boat to save his family. That's the New Century Version. So what I'm saying here is that I must not only do what God tells me to do, I must do it the exact way that he tells me to do it. And I've got to do it at the exact time that he wants me to do it. It, Timing, methodology, I've got to do it. What he wants me to do, when he wants me to do it, how he wants me to do it, I do it exactly the way he wants. Partial obedience is disobedience. This is the third key to Noah's life. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 14 to 22, God tells Noah this. Noah, I want you to build a boat from cypress wood and seal it with tar inside and out. He's giving him very specific details. And he said, it tells you the wood and how he's put tar on the inside out. He said, then build decks and stalls throughout its interior. And he said, I want you to make this this boat 450 feet long. I want you to make it 75 feet wide. I want you to make it 45 feet high. He tells the exact specifications. He says, at the top, I want you to leave an 18-inch opening airspace all the way around the boat, just below the roof. That way, hot air can get out and cool air can get in. He says, then put three decks inside the boat and put one door on the side. And then he says, I want you to include a male and female pair of every kind of animal that I bring to your boat to keep alive during the worldwide flood. And remember, take enough food for your family and for all your animals. Now notice, here's the important line. Then Noah did everything exactly as God commanded 
him. This is why we're talking about Noah today. This is why you're alive. If Noah had not done everything exactly as God had commanded him, you wouldn't be listening right now because the human race wouldn't be here. So thank you, Mr. Noah, for doing everything exactly as God commanded. If he had not done everything exactly as God commanded, partial obedience, as I said, is disobedience. And we, we wouldn't be here. Now, in your own life, at whatever stage of journey in your life you're in, you may be at the very beginning, you may be near toward the end, or you may be in the middle. But at any stage of your life, you're going to be tempted to cut corners. You're going to be tempted to take shortcuts. You're going to be tempted to do the easy thing, to take the easy way out, you know, to skimp a little here, to skip a step, to fudge a little. And God will say, I want you to do these things. And you go, well, I, you know, I, I'll do it, but I just want to do it my way. And in your mind, you're going to think that you know better than God. You're going to go, Lord, uh, I think I could reach my goal faster my way than your way. And that's fatal. That is a tempting shortcut. That's the third thing that'll cause you to miss your purpose and God's plan in life. Lord, I think I could reach my goal faster my way than your way. Have you been trying to do that? trying to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life your way rather than God's way? I mean, can you imagine Noah saying to God, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Lord, um, let's have a little talk here. Are all these animals really necessary? Do we really need all of them on board? Uh, why don't we forget some of these animals? By the way, I would have been just happy if he had left mosquitoes off the, the ark. <laughs> Uh, in Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 to 5, we find the exact same phrase a second time where it says Moses did exactly what God told him to do. God says this about him twice in the Bible, that he just didn't do what God told him to do. He did it exactly as God told him to do. Genesis 7, verse 1 to 5. Finally, the day came when the Lord said to Noah, now get into the boat with all your family and now take along, notice, seven pair of each of the animals that I've approved for eating. They had to have something to eat while they're on board. Take seven pairs of each of the animal I've approved for eating and sacrifice, along with one pair of each of all the other animals. And he says, also I want you to take seven pair, not just one pair, seven pair of male and female birds, pairs of every kind of bird. And again, Noah did exactly as the Lord had commanded him. So twice we're told that he's not skimping, he's not skipping steps, he's not taking shortcuts. You cannot take tempting shortcuts and reach the goal God has for your life. Now you say, what are you talking about, Rick? A tempting shortcut. Well, it could be a moral shortcut. God wants me to be happy, so I'm gonna divorce this person and marry that person. That's a moral shortcut. It could be an ethical shortcut. Well, everybody else cheats at work, so I'm going to cheat at work. It could be a financial shortcut. And, you, you know, you, you're not really honest here or there. Uh, uh, you're not tithing. You think, I, I, I'm going to use God's money, uh, the money that God says give back to him to honor him. I'm going to keep it myself. That's a shortcut. And you're going to lose on that one. You need to be tithing. Uh, maybe a relational shortcut. And, and you're, you're tempted to do something faster than the right way to do it. And you say, well, you know, you're going to go to bed with him before you get married. You know, Lord, I think we could get to my goal quicker 
than my way, uh, quicker my way. Shortcuts, friends, are usually short-sighted, and they often point you in the wrong direction. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Noah consistently followed God's will. That's why God blessed him. Would you like God's blessing on your life? Then you need to be like Noah. Consistently follow God's will. Not, well, I'll pick and choose what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it in everything. I will obey God's will. Genesis 6, verse 9, that second part of the verse, Noah always tried to conduct his affairs according to God's will. What a great verse. You might want to write that one out. God, I want to conduct my affairs according to your will. Now, let's just put you in Noah's shoes right now. What if God came to you one day and said, I want you to build a giant ship, a battleship, an ark. Don't you think you might have some questions and you might want to take some shortcuts? I mean, I can think of a lot of questions that, that Noah might ask. Uh, first, if God came means and it had never rained on earth, I might first question would be, what's a flood? What's a flood? You say that you're going to flood the world. Well, I don't know what a flood is. We know that, that we know that earth had some kind of tropical climate because the fossils show that and that their atmosphere changed. And now we have, you know, animals and human beings live shorter lives. Second, I would ask, so, okay, Lord, how do you build an ark? Uh, there's no Home Depot for the lumber. I'm going to go after literally cut it all down, find, find uh, you know, forest and cut it all down. And then, okay, how am I going to get this boat to the water? Because Noah lives about uh, 100 miles or hundreds of miles uh, from the nearest ocean. Okay, so how am I going to get the boat to water? And then, God, how are you going to turn, uh, uh, turn all this around and round up all the animals? Well, if God created the world, he can do anything. A lot of people think that this is such, a, 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 such an unbelievable story. Well, God can do anything. If God created a universe, he can bring all the animals together. He can do whatever he wants to do. But Noah doesn't argue. Noah doesn't complain. He does everything exactly as God says. And he says, whatever you say, Lord. His faith was incredible because the request was incredible. Again, Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. If you will make this the goal of your life, I'm going to do everything God asked me to do exactly as God asked me to do. God blesses that kind of person. God blesses people who follow directions even when it doesn't make sense. Question, what has God asked you to do and it doesn't make sense? Forgive somebody. Uh take a different job, start tithing, um, you know, go share your faith with somebody that you're scared to death to share your faith with. Faith is obeying God even when I don't understand why. Now there's a fourth choice that Noah took, Noah made, and you're going to have to make this choice too if you're going to fulfill the life that God intended for you to have. Number four, I must never give up on the dream that God gives me. I must never give up on the dream God gives me. If anybody had the right to be discouraged because it took so long, the project was taking so long, it was Noah. 
As I said, it, it took at least 80 years to build the ark. The Bible tells us that the door to the ark closed. He got in the ark and closed the door uh, exactly 120 years after God told him to build it. Would you be able to maintain enthusiasm for a project that took you 120 years and nobody else in the world believed in and everybody else criticized and made fun of? Could you handle that kind of opposition? You see, the reason why most people don't succeed in life is short-term thinking. They give up too soon. You can't, they don't sustain it over the long haul. And often, as I said a couple weeks ago, it's in the middle of your life that you want to give up, and it determines whether you're going to end successfully or not. Do not give up. See, culture says live only for today. Bible says think about eternity. Think about your future. I want you to write this down. Everything takes longer than I think. All right? Everything takes longer than I think. I'm sure Noah faced loneliness and fatigue uh, in how long it was taking to reach his goal. And yet he's a model of patience and persistence and determination. Why? Because of his faith in God. Hebrews 11:7. Noah trusted God. Do you do that? When things don't look like they're going to happen, when you're in the middle of the journey, when you can't see either end, when he heard about God's warning about the future, Noah believed him, even though there was no sign of a flood. What is it in your life that you see no sign of, but God has told you and promised you it's gonna happen? Are you gonna give up? Or are you gonna keep trusting? For 42,001 days, Noah had one goal, fulfill my destiny. And I'm, I bet on many of those 42,001 days, Noah didn't feel like going to work. And, and he comes home every night and Mrs. Noah says, well, how was work, honey? Same place, same thing. Nobody else is noticing. Everybody else ignores him. Or if they do notice, they criticize him. But he never gave up. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to you right now, but I know God wants me to say this to you. You may feel like giving up, don't, don't. God is in control and he is going to write the final chapter of your life. This is not the end of your story. It may be the end of a chapter, but it's not the end of your story. And Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not get tired of doing what is right for after a while we will, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Now, did you know that the ark is actually a symbol of salvation in Christ? Because just like the ark, in, in the ark, Noah and his family was saved from destruction. In Christ, we are saved from destruction by being in Christ. Noah was saved by being in the ark. The ark for you is Jesus Christ. How was Noah saved? Same way as everybody else, by grace through faith. Did you know that the first mention of grace in the Bible is Noah's story. Hebrews 11 verse 7 says, by faith, Noah showed the world that the world was wrong. Noah showed that the world was wrong, and he became one of those who was made right with God through faith, faith in God's grace. And Genesis 6 verse 8 says this, King James Version, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the first mention of grace in the Bible. Chapter six of the Bible, grace is mentioned. People were saved in the Old Testament the same way we are in the New Testament, by grace 
through faith. Have you found and accepted that grace? It's the only way you're going to be saved too. It's the only way you're going to get to heaven. Friend, this is the only way you will be saved. Just like Noah, by grace through faith. You must put your faith in God's grace. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You just accept that gift of God's love and forgiveness. And you need to do it today. You know, at Saddleback Church, we have what we call the peace plan. Promote reconciliation, plant churches, E, equip ethical leaders, A, assist the poor, C, care for the sick, and E, educate the next generation. But our peace plan has never been to save the world. Our peace plan is to make sure that everyone in the world knows there is a savior and that is Jesus Christ. God is looking for people to use. Would you let him use you? Would you let him fulfill his destiny, the destiny that he has for you? If you wanna fulfill your destiny in life, you've gotta do what Noah did. You've gotta make the choices that Noah made. Let's bow our heads. Let me pray for you. You know, Father, I know that in our broken culture today, you're looking for men and women who will choose rightly, like, like Noah did, and will choose to trust you, will choose to obey you, will choose to do exactly what you tell them to do, will choose to ignore the critics and to go the opposite of the way culture is going. May our family, Saddleback family, be filled with people like that. Now I wanna invite you to pray. So whether you're listening to me uh, uh, in, in sitting in a chair in the service or on the internet or on the radio or wherever, I want you to just say these words in your heart. Say, dear God, say, dear God, I wanna be the kind of person like Noah who brings a smile to your face you said that Noah brought you pleasure. I want my life to bring you pleasure. And I want my faith to be strong to the finish, to make it to the end. I want to fulfill the destiny that you have for my life. Dear God, please forgive me for all the times I've worried about what other people think. And I've listened to the voices of doubt rather than the voice of God. Give me the courage to be different so that I can fulfill your destiny for my life. I, I want to get near to you so I can hear you and no longer fear you or anybody else. And in the days ahead, I want to do exactly what you tell me to do with my life. Even when it doesn't make sense, God, I want to trust you. And Lord, when I'm tired and I'm discouraged, help me to be like Noah and never, never give up, but to keep your dream for my life in my focus. Father, I want to thank you for these who've prayed this prayer, and I ask that you fill them with confidence and fill them with courage. And may this next week, the days ahead, be filled with new vitality, new energy, new enthusiasm as we refocus on your plan rather than the pressures around us in society. And I pray this blessing on all who are listening in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. 
We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive hope and encouragement every day, delivered right to your inbox, then sign up for Rick's free daily devotional by going to PastorRick.com right now. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first... Pastor Rick says it's vitally important for children to understand that even before the universe was created, God had them in mind, and that He has a special plan and purpose for their life. That's why He created the Purpose Driven Life devotional book for children. This resource uses the principles found in Pastor Rick's best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life but delivers them as devotions that speak directly to the daily challenges kids face. Here's Rick to tell you more. You know, ever since the publication of The Purpose Driven Life, people have been asking me how they can teach their young children about the purpose of life. And they say, and I agree, that it's never too early to start teaching your children that they're loved by God and he has a purpose for their life. It's never too soon to tell a child God made you unique so you could fulfill your special life mission on earth. And God planned you just for that. Now, here's the super good news. We have taken the principles that are taught in the purpose-driven life, and we've written them into short devotionals aimed specifically at children ages four to eight years old. Today, more than ever, kids at this age need to hear the message that they're not an accident. They need to hear, even before the universe was created, God had you in mind, and he planned you for his purposes. You were made to last forever. Now, this book is called The Purpose Driven Life, 100 Illustrated Devotions for Children. And it includes engaging illustrations and devotionals that speak directly to the daily challenges that all of our kids are facing. And as a way of saying thanks to you for your financial gift to Daily Hope, I want to send you a copy of The Purpose Driven Life, 100 Illustrated Devotions for Children. This will be a great thing to give kids or to grandkids. And at the same time, your support continues to help us tell people all around the world about God's love and God's purpose for them. We'll send you The Purpose Driven Life, 100 Illustrated Devotions for Children today as our way of saying thanks for your gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. Be sure to get a copy for all the children God has placed in your life. Kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, and kids in your neighborhood, they will all be blessed by this amazing resource. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.